Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Worship at Hillhead. Our worship this morning is led by our minister, Katrina, and we will also hear the voices of Nancy, Charlie, Rachel, Wendy, and myself sharing some poems. Elham and Ali will lead the Lord's Prayer, and Brian will lead our prayers for others. In a moment, Bardia will light our candle. In family news, a reminder that Ken's funeral will be on Tuesday at 1.30 at Clydebank Crematorium, followed by refreshments in the Terrace Bar here at the Grosvenor. We continue to keep Barbara and all the family in our prayers in the days leading up to Ken's funeral. Thank you to those who've already completed the consent forms for the new directory. Um, almost a quarter of us have, actually not including myself, so well, well done to those who have. Um, this will supersede all previous permissions and if no form is received then we won't be able to make contact with people following this date. The earlier the forms are received, the sooner we can complete the new directory. Next week our Minister Katrina is doing the Kilt Walk for Breast Cancer Now and our worship will be led by our friend the Reverend Dr Jim Gordon. Katrina H is also doing the Kilt Walk for the Scottish Bible Society and I'm sure both would appreciate your encouragement and or sponsorship. Now it's time for Bardia to light our candle. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day. Thank you. 
so as we gather, let us come to God in prayer. Let us pray together. <coughs> we come to you, the creator of life, delighting in the diversity and beauty of the natural world. We come to you in awe at the wonder of all that surrounds us. From tiny insects to soaring birds, from wild flowers to majestic trees, from brooks and burns to wide oceans, from deep valleys to tall mountains. We come to you, the giver of creativity, delighting in the diversity and beauty of human expression, for music and song, for film and play, art and story, sculpture and dance, and especially today for poetry and for songs. As we gather, help us to enjoy what we share, to find hints and glimpses of your spirit's activity, and to find new energy for living creatively as followers of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. We are invited to join together in the Lord's Prayer in own preferred language and form. I will be praying in Persian. Once in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power and the glory forever and
some words from Psalm 96 in the voice paraphrase. Sing a song to the eternal. Sing in one voice to the eternal all the earth. Sing to the eternal of all the good things he's done. Bless his name. Broadcast the good news of his salvation each and every day. Enlighten the nations to his splendour. Describe his wondrous acts to all people. For the eternal is great indeed and praiseworthy. Feared and reverenced above all gods, the true God shall be. For all human-made, lifeless gods are worthless idols. But the eternal plotted the vast heavens shaped every last detail. Honour and majesty precede him. Strength and beauty infuse his holy sanctuary. From ancient times, people have crafted poems and the scriptures offer us many examples of this, perhaps most notably in the collection we refer to as the Psalms. In the New Testament, the writers of the church at Ephesus urged the people to speak to one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs and to sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord. I guess most of you don't read Baptist history, but I'm one of those strange people who does and who finds it fascinating. The early Baptists were very suspicious of singing. They could just about be persuaded to sing a metrical psalm. They were probably secretly Scottish, even though they were in the English Midlands, who knows? But there was a long raging debate about could you sing? Who could sing? Who could start the singing? Who could join in the singing? Was it permissible for somebody who wasn't baptised to sing? And all sorts of stuff that we think of today that's pretty nonsensical. Nowadays, most Christians enjoy music very much. Enjoy poetry, enjoy story, enjoy songs, and find that our worship is so often energized by moving into the more creative expressions. So there isn't a sermon today, and there won't be a lot of direct reading of scripture Rather, we're going to hear some poems along with reflections and introductions. We're going to sing some beautiful hymns, and these will often be inspired by the Psalms or the Scriptures. So let's just hear the remainder of Psalm 96 as we begin this creative and reflective time of worship. Give all credit to the eternal families of the world. Credit him with glory, honour and strength. Credit him with the glory worthy of his magnificent name. Gather your sacrifice and present it at his temple. Bow down to the eternal, adorned in holiness. Lay all struck before him, trembling all the people of the earth. Shout to the nations, the eternal reigns. Yes, indeed, the world is anchored and will not shake loose. He governs all people with a fair hand. <coughs> and so let the heavens resound in gladness. Let joy be the earth's rhythm. 
as the sea and all its creatures roar. Let the fields grow in triumph, a grand jubilee for all who live there. Let the trees of the forest dig in and reach high with songs of joy before the Eternal. For the Eternal is on his way. Yes, he's coming to judge the earth. He will set the world right by his standards and by his faithfulness. He will examine the people. Charlie Meeklejohn, and I'll be reading The House on the Side of the Road by Sam Walter Foss. I first found this poem in a secondhand poetry book when I was in uni. I had stayed up until four in the morning writing a paper, and the sensible thing would have been to go, on, to, go to bed and get a couple of hours sleep before class the next day. But I fancied myself a bit of a philosopher, so I decided that staying up to the, until class to read poetry as the sun rose was the more romantic idea, so that's what I did. I'm quite introverted, I like to keep myself to myself, but I've always felt a strong pull towards justice work, and I like this poem's reminder of our shared humanity and the importance of community. Now, it was originally written in 1897, so in some bits the language is a bit funny. I've also updated it to be gender inclusive, which has interrupted the rhyme in some places, but hopefully it's still poetic enough to get the idea. There are hermit souls that live withdrawn in the place of their self-content. There are souls like stars that dwell apart in a fellowless firmament. There are pioneer souls that blaze the paths where highways never ran. But let me live by the side of the road, let me live in my house by the side of the road and be a friend to all. Let me live in a house by the side of the road where the race of folks go by, the ones who are good and the ones who are bad, as good and as bad as I. 
I would not sit in the scorner's seat, nor hurl the cynic's ban. Let me live in a house by the side of the road, and be a friend to all. I see from my house by the side of the road, by the side of the highway of life, the folks who press on with the ardor of hope, the ones who are faint with the strife. But I turn not away from their smiles and tears, both parts of an infinite plan. Let me live in a house by the side of the road, and be a friend to all. I know there are brook-gladdened meadows ahead and mountains of wearisome height, that the road passes on through the long afternoon and stretches away to the night. And still I rejoice when the travelers rejoice and weep with the strangers that moan, nor live in my house by the side of the road like someone who dwells alone. Let me live in my house by the side of the road where the race of folks go by. They are good, they are bad, they are weak, they are strong wise, foolish, and so am I. Then why should I sit in the scorner's seat or hurl the cynic's ban? Let me live in my house by the side of the road and be a friend to all. given to me right before finals during my first degree. It was given to me by a beloved Bible teacher who said it was given to him when he was completing his, uh, I want to say his doctorate at Oxford. And what was given to him was just the third stanza. So I'll pause a little bit before that to kind of draw that out. And then later he found the rest of it and he passed it on in its entirety to us. Uh, he said that it brought him great comfort when things get overwhelming, like finals at uni. And since then, I have found the same. Just the simplicity of what the poem offers really helps when life gets overwhelming. 
The poem is called Do the Next Thing. From an old English parsonage down by the sea, there came in the twilight a message to me. Its quaint Saxon legend deeply engraven hath, it seems to me, teaching from heaven. And on through the doors the quiet words ring like a low inspiration, do the next thing. Many a questioning and many a fear, many a doubt hath its quieting here. Moment by moment, like down from heaven, time, opportunity, and guidance are given. Fear not tomorrow's child of the king. Trust them with Jesus. Do the next thing. Do it immediately. Do it with prayer. Do it reliantly, casting all care. Do it with reverence, tracing his hand who placed it before thee with earnest command. Stayed on omnipotence, safe neath his wing. Leave all results. Do the next thing. Looking for Jesus, ever serener, working or suffering, be thy demeanor. In his dear presence, the rest of his calm, the light of his countenance, be thy soul. Strong in his faithfulness, praise and sing. Then, as he beckons thee, do the next thing. I haven't done exhaustive research on this, but I would be willing to bet that most poems that were written to mark an occasion or an event are about something that lasted for longer than a few seconds. The poem I've chosen to share this morning was written to mark the occasion of uh, a simple handshake of all things. It was, uh, oh, here it comes. A few months after Elizabeth II visited the Republic of Ireland for the first time, the then Deputy First Minister of Northern Ireland, Martin McGuinness, indicated that he would be willing to meet the Queen and to shake hands with her at a public event. The Queen indicated that she would be willing to reciprocate. This was remarkable, as each saw the other as a representative or as directly responsible for much of the violence and grief that had marked the north of Ireland during the Troubles. The Queen as the figurehead of the Union, and McGuinness as a former commander of the IRA. The handshake itself took place in a private room in an, at an arts event at the Lyric Theatre in Belfast, followed by this public handshake at the event itself. 
Among the artists who were present that day was the Irish poet Padraig O'Tuma, who wrote this poem as his response. Now, you might say it was a bit of a rush job as it was first read publicly on the BBC World Service that same day. And I read it that day for the first time. The poem has had a little bit of a life after the event, with both McGuinness and the now King Charles having expressed affection for it. And in 2016, when the Northern Ireland First Minister, Peter Robinson of the DUP, who is the, the middleman in this picture, when he resigned, Martin McGuinness asked the poet to handwrite a section of it to give to him as a farewell gift. Now, this is not without irony, as although they've been pictured holding the poem together, McGuinness and Robinson were never seen to shake hands in public. The poem is about leadership and about courage. Um, the reason I love it is because it's about the power of gesture. But it's also about all sorts of people who shake hands and those whose hands are shaking. Um, the sentence in Irish at the beginning of the poem is the date, the 27th of June, 2012. Shaking Hands by Padraig O'Tuma. Fishotolo Mev, Govila Sadoyog. Because what's the alternative? Because of courage. Because of loved ones lost. Because no more. Because it's a small thing shaking hands. It happens every day. Because I heard of one man whose hands haven't stopped shaking since a market day in Uma. Because it takes a second to say hate, but it takes longer, much longer, to be a great leader, much, much longer. Because shared space without human touching doesn't amount to much. Because it's easier to speak to your own than to hold the hand of someone whose side has previously been described proscribed, denied, because it is tough, because it is tough, because it is meant to be tough. And this is the stuff of memory, the stuff of hope, the stuff of gesture and meaning and leading, because it has taken so, so long because it has taken land and money and languages and barrels and barrels of blood and grieving. Because lives have been lost. Because lives have been taken. Because to be bereaved is to be troubled by grief. Because more than two troubled peoples live here. Because I know a woman whose hand hasn't been shaken since she was a man. Because shaking hands is only a part of the start. Because I know a woman whose touch calmed a man whose heart was breaking. Because privilege is not to be taken lightly. Because this just might be good. Because who said this would be easy? Because some people love what you stand for, and for some, 
if you can, they can. Because solidarity means a common hand. Because a hand is only a hand, so hang on to it. So join your much-discussed hands. <coughs> we need this for one small second. So touch, so lead. poem, I feel, has been with me a long, long time, although I was surprised when I took the book that it was only published in 1991, so it's not all that long ago, but it's something that I have gone back to and back to. It was written by a friend called Fiona Sinclair and someone that I've known for about 40 years, and she wrote a book of poetry for... Um, a, a Romanian orphanage charity and this is one of them and it just spoke to my heart and, and share it with you. Bear one another's burdens. I encountered a woman on a dark weary road weighed down by a heavy and cumbersome load. I wanted to help her that burden to bear but was weighed down myself with far more than my share. I watched as she tottered and stumbled along, and I knew not to help was so terribly wrong. But how could I shoulder one particle more when already oppressed and so tired to the core? As I walked, I drew close and I stretched out my hand in a gesture instinctive, not one I had planned. So my fingers were under the burden she bore and it didn't feel heavy, just a pound or two more. But the thing that surprised me was just at that time, an amazing thing happened to that burden of mine. It appeared to grow lighter and easier to take, and it no longer felt that my body would break. I glanced round and looked into the eyes of a friend and I knew that the line would stretch back without end, each one of us reaching to shoulder a task and receiving in turn without having to ask. And 
it spoke to me of what our Christian life is about, what our life in community is about. We often receive kindness that we can't repay, but there is always an opportunity to pass it on to others. And so it goes on and on and on. And I share it with you. Two years ago, Christian Aid commissioned a book to mark the 75th anniversary of its founding. Christian Aid asked 75 contributors from all over the globe to write 75 prayers for a better world. The book is called Rage and Hope, and uh, this is the, the book that was published. 
uh, for our prayers of intercession this morning and responding to this morning's theme of psalms and poems, I'm going to use one of the prayers from this book as a guide for our meditations. It's a modern rewriting, a paraphrase, if you will, of uh, Psalm, a Psalm, Psalm 10, or the second part of Psalm 910, if you have certain versions of the Bible. In fact, it was written by Anne. So this is a contribution from both Anne and me to our meditations this morning. In our prayers, let us listen for God. Let us pray. It's entitled, Raising Our Voices in Lament. A prayer for deliverance from enemies. And as I say, it's based on Psalm 10. Lord, why don't you do something? How can you bear to stand by and watch while the poor are caught in the traps that the rich have baited? Why don't you scam them for a change? The rich don't even try to hide their greed. In fact, they're proud of it. Who's going to stop me, they brag. Not you. Not your God. They mock our attempts to curb their excesses. There's always another way to evade tax, exploit the planet, bypass the regulations, run rings around the authorities. They think they're untouchable. They are such predators. It's always the poor or the vulnerable, the elderly or the innocent that they target. They're always on the lookout for the next easy mark and they think that they're getting away with it. They think you don't notice or don't care. But you do see it, Lord. You do hear the voices of the poor. You do listen to their secret longings and you will be their comfort. You will audit the accounts of the rich and there will be a terrible reckoning. One day your kingdom will come and the countless phony kingdoms of this world will collapse, sending all those jobs for the boys and nice little earners crumbling to dust. In the meantime, we will not be silent. This is not how the world was meant to be. And as we reflect in our thoughts from listening to that paraphrase of Psalm 10, we bring our prayers for BMS World Mission, our wider Baptist community in Scotland, and for ourselves. For this coming week, BMS World Mission invites us to reflect in prayer on its Mission Innovation Fund. This fund enables short-term pioneering mission initiatives to improve living conditions and personal well-being.
for example, in Nepal, where grants from the fund pay for the adaptation of homes for wheelchair users so that they can live independently. In other parts of Asia, where the fund supports safeguarding projects which promote policies and processes to protect the most vulnerable in society. And in France, where the fund supports the establishment of an Afghan church community, welcoming and aiding people who have had to flee their homes and their country. The Baptist Union of Scotland prayer list this for this week includes Dedridge in Livingston, Deniston in Glasgow, Denny and Dingwall. We pray with these faith communities as they live and show the good news of love, kindness, reconciliation, justice, and peace. And in our own community here at Hillhead, we pray this week for our worship group and musicians, fulfilling a different role just now, but continuing to enrich our gatherings each week, as we have heard this morning. For Joyce and Morag. For Jen, Andrew, Carol and Aidan. For Elaine, Graham, Freya, Sarah, John E, Jeff and Carol, Caris, Fiona and Donnie, Betty, Graham, Ali and the family, and for Barbara and all her family as they prepare for this week ahead. As we lament the many wrongs in this world, may we in this community at Hillhead, together with our partners everywhere, be an instrument of God's deliverance in our love and in our action. Amen.
much breathing. But once I was a member of the walking club. This poem, The Walks Go On, remembers fondly amazing walks in company with wonderful people. At this time in particular, one who has recently gone on before us. Wonderful people who supported and encouraged me to reach the end of every road. Bless them all. The walks go on. The walks go on in the green of spring and summer sun, in autumn flame and winter snow. Walks on old, well-trod paths and ventures new. Past sites remembered and future sites to store for treasures more. The walks will go on and new feet will join the throng. Laughter and debate will make those new feet strong. But eh, oft a familiar voice will echo on the breeze and a familiar face will tantalise the eye in glistening stream. And tears of joy will fall for absent friends who walked in fellowship down the years. And now, if but in spirit, will walk with us forever into the sunset together. The walks will go on.
So I'd like to thank everybody who has shared this morning. I think as well as words and music, people have shared their hearts and their souls and have truly blessed us all. As we go from here, may God bless each one of us with renewed creativity in all we say and do and are. Amen.